What a beautiful day here in the state of Michigan. We've got former Wolverine Jerry Diorio with us. That's exciting in itself, but uh, Jerry, it, you know, it's 50. Great to be a Michigan Wolverine, Denny. Man, this, the sun's shining. It doesn't feel like the middle of December. It feels more like, I don't know, middle of maybe September, but <laughs> take it when you get one of these. You don't often get over 50 degrees with the sun splashed in the state of Michigan. We got that right now. Absolutely. It's, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm fantastic. Uh, looking forward to uh, this game and uh, going out to the Rose Bowl, actually, Denny. Gonna go see Going out to the Rose Bowl. I like to hear that. Well, we will uh, maybe have to touch on that. We will talk a lot about the Rose Bowl. The opposing coach, Nick Saban, or some people call him Nick Satan. Uh, Nick yeah. Saban uh, has hired a, a former Michigan coach to his staff, just like right now, ahead of the Rose Bowl. We'll see what Jerry thinks of that. If there's anything, uh, we have some film. This is exciting film of Alabama's defense. I say exciting because it's it's the different kind of film that maybe you're used to. So I'm looking forward to seeing the coach go through it and look at that Crimson Tide defense and see how Michigan might be able to attack the uh, the Tide on New Year's Day. But Jerry, you, you mentioned it. You're you're going to the Rose Bowl. Jerry goes west now. You have been to the Rose Bowl before as a player. Have you been back since your playing days to Pasadena? Actually, I have been, Denny. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to show you. I'm going to try to put this up on the screen here. I, uh, you can't see it. It's all blurry and stuff. That's all right. What is it? What are we? Anyways, learning? it's a uh, brick. Um, my my kids bought me a brick, and um, uh, it's all around the uh, Rose Bowl. All the guys that uh, played in the Rose Bowl have an opportunity to buy a brick and uh, cement it in the team with your uh, where you're at. And uh, I was fortunate enough to go out there um, a couple years ago to visit my daughter, hit a uh, eagle on a uh, par four uh, on the uh, Rose Bowl golf course. That was something I was really proud of. But uh, I um, got to see my brick, and it, it's really something special. I mean, the, the whole surrounding of the um, – of the Rose Bowl, they they have these uh, bricks laid out, and they they have the teams separated, and all the players under those teams uh, with the brick. And um, my kids got me that brick, and I got the chance to go out there and see it, and uh, play the golf course, and uh, um, beautiful area, beautiful beautiful area. What a story! Have you ever had an eagle before? Never had an eagle. Had a couple close ones, but never had an eagle. And uh, it was just uh, happened to uh, drive right up close to the uh, green. It was a short uh, par four, about 315, and uh, drove up close by the green, chipped one up, hit the pin, and dropped right in, and uh, my daughter couldn't believe it. I have witnesses. <laughs> that's, that's always good. I, I hear it's different now, but I, I used to hear stories. I went to 2004 Rose Bowl, and they would say, uh, oh, so a lot of stories about people getting lost and having to walk around on that golf course and not being able to find your car but i think they've they've uh they've done a lot better job of lighting up the surrounding area outside the rose bowl you know you go in there and you just think ah this is so beautiful you're not even and then afterwards it's dark and you get out there and you're like in the canyon you don't know where the hell yeah, you're at all right exactly exactly right. yeah denny you know to be honest with you i gotta be honest with you here um not the greatest golf course in the world okay I was a little bit disappointed in that, but uh, it was just great playing it and uh, just a joy of being out there and playing it. 
Well, you know, it can't be too bad if you know you're you're hitting a shot, and you look up, and you see the Rose Bowl, and you know, yeah, absolutely, you, you absolutely. see the mountains on the right, and you know the, the the rolling hills on the left. From what I remember, palm trees all over the place. I don't know. It, it, it must be pretty bad if you can't say it's great with all of that going on. Yeah, you know? exactly. It, it was it was it was the 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 course itself was not the greatest. Let's put it that way. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't the greatest. I was a little bit disappointed with that. But the surroundings, I mean, how could you beat it? Yeah, like you said, mountains all, all around you, uh, the Rose Bowl in the background, just a just a neat whole area. And um, I can't wait to get back out there. Yeah, well, so, Jerry, your, your first trip into the Rose Bowl as a player, you uh, win the Rose Bowl for Bo. Bo had not won a Rose Bowl, so you were a part of that team. That's one of the, the – uh, I don't know, uh, cherished wins in all of Michigan history. And, and certainly one that's right at the top when people are, if you're old enough, you remember, I remember, you know, Bo going over the Rose Bowl and having to hear from him, Oh, Bo can't win the Rose Bowl. And then when he did, it was such a celebration. Everybody felt so good for Bo, for Michigan. It was uh, such a great accomplishment. It was just an awesome it was a it was an awesome victory for you know of the of the build up and everything else. What do you remember about the you know right at the aftermath? I can remember uh, you know the couple of players picking up Bo you know and, and carrying him off the field. There. I was in there. Pick, you uh, were in there carrying him off, huh? I was in there carrying him off, help carrying him off. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Danny, what I remember is that that whole year uh, was a fascinating year. We, we were uh, uh, Michigan was coming off a Gator Bowl loss to North Carolina. And uh, if I remember correctly, it was Lawrence Taylor that uh, kind of uh, hurt uh, Johnny Wangler, our uh, quarterback in the Rose Bowl in 1981. And um, and so we were uh, we were not predicted to do very well in 1980, the 1980 season. And uh, we actually played Notre Dame. Now, think about this, Denny. Michigan, Notre Dame, it was not televised. And the reason why it was not televised was back way back then. You could only be on TV three times. Well, they didn't have any problem getting Michigan on TV three times, but Notre Dame, they thought they had three better games than the Michigan-Notre Dame game. And so we went in the South Bend, and uh, one of the great games I've ever been a part of. It was back and forth, phenomenal talent on the field, uh, just a, a hard-hitting, uh, hard, hard knocks football game. And uh, we came up on a short end when Harry Oliver – made a, I think it was a 54-yard field goal, and I think touchdown Jesus quit, um, put a little breath into his uh, kick because he made it by about four inches. And But that game was not televised, my point. We were not that, we were so bad going into the season that that game was not televised. And the next week we lost to uh, South Carolina and the eventual Heisman Trophy winner, George Washington Rogers. From that point on, Denny, we went on a uh, winning streak and beat Ohio State in uh, in Columbus. Uh, we ended up with one of the best defenses in Michigan history. Uh, I think the last uh, four or five games, we gave up one TD and three field goals. It was, it was a phenomenal defensive uh, um, uh, show, and our offense was uh, completely transformed. We went from an option offense – to more of a drop back power counter offense with Anthony Carter. And we tra totally transformed the offense pretty much in the middle of the season. And when we did that, Wangler and uh, Carter just exploited people 
all uh, way back then. And we went into the Rose Bowl at nine and two and uh, beat Washington 24 to six. And the next year we ended up winning the Rose uh, the Blue Bonnet Bowl on December 31st. And if I remember correctly, that was the first team to win two bowl games in one calendar year. Please check me from check me uh, from my facts, but I'm pretty sure that was the uh, the trivia question at that time. You went from the Rose Bowl down to the the uh, now uh, defunct Astrodome to Astro play. Astrodome, Bowl, Bowl, yeah. right? That's it. Yep. Uh, I know that. So if you look over my shoulder there, you can see that's a, a blue bonnet bowl pennant. Absolutely. My wife just got there. So. Uh, how about that? Those are good stories there. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard the, the Eufer call of that field goal. Notre Dame hit a couple. I know Reggie Ho hit one, but that, I think the one you're talking about, Eufer was like, it missed. And then he's like, no, it did. It made out. Oh, wait a sec. And then, you know, it's up. It's no good. It's good. No, it's no good. It's now oh, it is good. Something like that. The, 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 the story is uh, touchdown. Jesus uh, sent a little breath. Yeah, that was it. Wind picked up and he kicked it over. So, but it was a it was a great year, a great experience. Uh, winning that Rose Bowl, it just totally different experience. I mean, you just you know, you, you, it's hard to even describe um, the thrill of winning the Rose Bowl and, and playing out there, and uh, it just it, it's something uh, at the time you don't appreciate it as much, but it's still a thrill. But now you look back and it's just. One of those special uh, lifelong moments. You're gonna get down there. You're gonna go to the uh, the, per- the Rose Bowl parade. Uh, that, is that something that's on the? Uh, we're, we're gonna see about that, Denny. You still okay. gotta wake up on the morning. So you know you got New Year's Eve the night before. So you gotta wake up in the morning. Uh, we'll we'll see about that. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Like I didn't go. I've, I've watched it on TV before, and you know it looks great there, but. You know, it's a different story getting up at five, six o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, because it is actually New Year's Day. So you do stay up a little bit later. Yep. yep. Uh, well, you know, Vinny, uh, uh, Denny, we're going out. Um, originally, I said, if they, if they, if Michigan goes to the Rose Bowl, I'm going because my daughter lives out there. Now she lives in Redondo Beach and we're going, um, my, my root, my former roommate, Vinny DeFelice and I are going to hang out in Hermosa Beach. And, um, for a couple of days and then we're going to go to uh Pasadena um for the game. So we're going to be a little bit away from Pasadena, about an hour away from Pasadena. Um that's what I'm saying. It might be a little bit early morning to get up there for the yeah. Uh, parade. Yeah, well, that's it's sounds like a great trip, you know, already. I, I do know, you know, that that California traffic. But it's not as bad on New Year's Day. At least, right. You know, that's you know, you have those six lanes and you're driving out there. You're like, wow, man, this is something else <laughs> with nobody else on there. All right, Jerry, before we ask you about um, the news with uh, with Nick Saban going out there and, and making a hire, we do have a little bit of, of breaking news from today, and that is uh, Michigan has gone out and they have – offered a wide receiver, a 6'4 wide receiver from Wake Forest, Jamal Banks. If you've been paying attention, I know Michigan fans have been. There is another wide receiver that they're interested in out of the Big Ten, out of Indiana. He's 6'5", so they are looking for a bigger framed wide out, seeing if they can uh, add 
uh, either Banks uh, and or the uh, the IU wideout. You got some ties here with Banks. It's been uh, pointed out. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. Uh, Trevor McHugh from the Mason Blue Review points out that Banks makes a lot of sense with his big body, good numbers the last two seasons for the Dinkin Demons. He also played at St. Francis with Wolverine Derek Moore. And the linebacker transfer target, the linebacker out of Maryland, Jace Sean Barnum. So, uh, and, you know, Barnum is, uh, he is considered one of the top 10. If, uh, you know, pro football focus ranked transfer portal targets or transfer port players that are in the target. And he was in the top 10 talking about the linebacker from Maryland and the wide receiver from Indiana. Uh, was in the the top twenty five there too. So you know all of this. You got that target of uh, of Maryland. So Michigan, even though they're playing, you know they're recruiting. And you got signing day coming up, and they're also working that transfer portal as well. You got to do all that. It's not just sitting around, um, right? You know, going to to the beach. You know, and uh, you know, absolutely. Uh, they got a few different things going on. So we'll see who they're able to add. Uh, you know, you know, Denny, when you say all those names, they all played at St. Francis. Is that what you're telling me? I'm saying the, the linebacker from Maryland and Derek Moore and the kid that's from Wake Forest, not the Indiana wide receiver. So three of those guys. So, so Denny, I went, I, um, again, my son is at Western Michigan uh, as a grad assistant. And the first game they had this year was against St. Francis. Um, and I, I don't. I wasn't sure how Western was going to be this year. I thought they were, were pretty competitive. They had four, three or four um, um, Power Five games against uh, Iowa and uh, uh, Syracuse and Minnesota, uh, Mississippi State, and I think there was one other one. But uh, St. Francis was another non-conference game that they had, and uh, my son was uh, very worried about them because the uh, year before, the two years before that. Uh, they were uh, one of the top teams in Division One AA, the FCS, and, and uh, now I'm I'm and I was a little disappointed when I saw them this year because Western took them apart pretty good, and and I'm like Anthony, what happened to all this uh, team? He goes, they must have hit the transfer portal, and now you're telling me, yeah, that, yeah the St. Francis, that's the the high school. I don't know, is that the same as the? Oh, okay, Denny. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I don't know. Wrong. I know there's the there's the college and, the, and there's yeah. the high school because Derek Moore went to the high school. And I think with uh, with the tweet that we're looking at here. My bad, Danny. My bad. That's all right. That's all right. Those guys all went to the same high school. Well, that would have been something if they all went to the same uh, college. But, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's a couple different St. Francis's in there. That's all right. Jerry, I wanted to see what you thought. There's some people, you know, don't think this is a big deal at all. Some others think it might be a little bit of a de big deal. Nick Saban goes out and hires former Michigan linebacker coach George Hilo. And so he is now an analyst on the Crimson Tide staff. What, what are your just general thoughts if I, before I get any specific questions uh, to you about uh, Saban uh, hiring a, a Michigan coach? Uh, it was because he's a Michigan coach? What, what do you make of it? A couple things. First of all, Denny, uh, like the sign decoding BS, it's not a big deal. Coaches get hired all the time. Nick Saban is doing what he does, okay? Remember what I told you last week, Denny? I learned everything I needed to know about college football from two visits with Nick Saban. One from West Virginia and the next day from Ohio. 
That's all you have to need to know. There's no loyalty in this business. There's very little loyalty in this business. You got to take care of your family first and foremost. Um, Nick Saban is doing what he thinks is going to beat Michigan. Everybody in the country has a decoder and a decoding system in their administration. And they, what I'm saying, Denny, is this is no big deal, just like the Michigan um, decoding BS. It's not a big deal. Coaches go all over. Let's look at the, uh, third base. Why was he hired into Ohio in the first place? Because Urban Meyer knew, he knew Don Brown's signals. This happens all the time. You can't police this stuff. That's the, the whole point. You cannot police this stuff. Now, what I am going to say about this, from what I'm read, what I've read, there's no job offer for this young man after the bowl game. Now, there might be, there could be later on, but at this point in time, he he's not guaranteed a job next year at Alabama. So uh, that's got to be a little concerning for him. But from what I understand, he didn't have a uh, a coaching position this year. I don't know if he was an analyst or anything. I was trying to look him up and see if he had been anywhere this year. I didn't. I didn't find him anywhere uh, this year. Uh, I know he was with Michigan the uh, the two years before that. And uh, from what I understand, he's a, he's a pretty good coach and pretty good guy. Um, but uh, th- this stuff happens all the time. This is nothing. Nothing new. Now I will say this. This is a little bit. Um, interesting how he does it in the middle of the season. I mean, this is basically, we're still in the middle of this season and he's not bringing in a new coach from the team he's playing. Yeah, That's kind of funny. That's kind of interesting. I I want, you know, the the mind games that that go on with with coaches and everything, I I think you could put, I would put this in the category of more of a a psychological advantage. You know, some of the fans are like, wait a second, I don't know. Uh, It's good to hear from you, you know, say, you know, no uh, you know, tactical advantage. You know, I, I remember it, it happens a lot on the pros. Bill Belichick, you know, he's getting some, the Jets cupped somebody and Belichick picking them up, you know, that week when they're playing the Jets. You know, that's just, you know, a couple days away and, and Belichick will do that. And so you got to change some things up. Harbaugh, you know, if this was, uh, you know, a coach that hadn't been through, uh, anything like this, then you'd say, I don't know, maybe, you know, he's got to lean on some, but you know, Harbaugh understands, you know, what needs to happen, uh, what, what they need to do. I, I do think that I find it interesting guys like Saban and, and Harbaugh to, uh, you know, just to sit around and you know, that he's asked uh Hilo all about, Oh, what did you know about the decoding? I, I would bet that he is asking, you know, you know, people are thinking about like, you know, the signs or, you know, certain place. I bet that has nothing. You know, I, I think Saban's in there saying he wants to find out what make Har- what makes Harbaugh tick. You know, what are these practices like? What, what What's this new scheme? You know, what was really big? It, it reminds me a little bit, you know, back in World War II when you had uh, Eisenhower and Rommel, you know, these guys, uh, you had the general and the field marshal and, you know, the uh, Rommel, uh, the, the German, he wanted to know everything about Eisenhower, you know, and, and you know, what's he thinking and all this. And, you know, uh, this reminds me a little bit, you know, Saban's trying to figure out just like what's Harbaugh really trying to do here. But, you know, that's just how I see it. I, I'm 
he might be able to glean a little bit of something like, you know, all of a sudden he'll wake up and say at three o'clock in the morning or, and he'll say, you know what? Harbaugh going for a walk at 4 a.m. and calling his coaches to, to put a defense in at six. That's something, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So that's what I think about it. Well, yeah. Um, he's going to pump this guy for every piece of information he can. You know, Denny, you've heard me talk about it. You've heard Scar talk about it. We, we have studied Sun Tzu at least a little if not a lot. Um, and when I, when I was in coaching, one of the, when I went, got my head coaching job, my first head coaching job, that was the first book I took out and read because Sun Tzu talks about uh, battles and wars and how they're won and how do you win wars. And he talks about winning wars before they're fought and the preparation. But one of the major things he talks about is using, utilizing spies and double knots, and getting information. That's what this is all about. The more, inf- you know, the more information you get, the better you are. I uh, remember um, uh, Gordon Gecko. Remember his famous line, you know, what's the best, uh, most important. Uh, um, Greed. You oh. know? Well, it, it's information. It's gathering oh, information. information. It's information. How do you, how do you know the stock market's going to do what it's going to do? Well, some people have information on what it's going to do before it happens. So, you know, this this is all what people do when they're competing at this kind of level. Yeah, this would have made it, uh, Jerry, a lot more interesting if it would have been, you know, Connor Stallions that would have been hired. <laughs> that would have made it, or even Partridge, you know, but uh, for Hilo, but yeah, uh, that would have been something. If he would have hired in, uh, if he would have hired in Stallions. All right. So, yeah, not that big of a deal, right? I, I you know, listen, it, is it a, is he going to get some information? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's our job to switch it up. That That's our job. And, yeah. and is it a big deal? Some might say that this all happens. It happens. You have to prepare for it. You have to be ready for this kind of stuff. And, and, and this is just being a competitor. This is what you do when you're competing. I'm with you on that. All right, let's uh, get some uh, some film up here. I want to say, wait, what was that last quote, Denny? If um, it's, somebody was quoting Sun Tzu, I think. Oh, were they? It was Aaron. If you know the enemy and know yourself, you'll need not fear the re- uh, result of a hundred battles. Absolutely, absolutely, Aaron. Good, good, good quote. Way to throw that one up there, uh, Aaron. Now. I don't know if uh, if Josh and Trevor and Seth and all the boys will uh, you know be able to quote uh, some of these uh, you know <laughs> top you know uh, war passages, but when it comes down to finding out interest in the transfer portal and recruiting and news from practice and the Rose Bowl or football and basketball, these guys got it down. And to get that information, you join up the Maize and Blue Review today. You don't have to be last uh, when you're thinking about what to get the Michigan fan in your life. This is what you get them. You get them a subscription to the Maize and Blue Review, and they will love you a million times more than they do right now. This is an absolute easy gift and one that they are sure to enjoy. And if you're not a member, well, why don't you hook yourself up with a Christmas present? 
by going to michigan.rivals.com. Good job on that. Now, we want to thank, as we get ready to watch a little film, Quick Cut Video and Analytics. Thanks. Uh, so Jerry is going to walk us through and talk a little uh, talk a little film when he's ready. I think we're ready to go, Dan. Let me see if I can extend this, and we're getting ready. Okay. Um Denny, I, I, I was I've been taking a look at Alabama's defense, and and there's some things that I, I I've noticed about them. Uh, first of all, right off the uh, right off the bat, um, they tend to look a little bit like Iowa, where yeah. what I mean was, is they don't tend to blitz a lot. They tend to stay in their base, play cu- uh, 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 zone behind it. They will walk up these corners. They will walk up these corners tight, and I'm going to uh, show you where I think we have to hit them on some passing games on quick outs and back shoulder fades and that kind of stuff because they're so tight and they are man, their eyes are, are on the man. And once, once this guy stops, um, they're, they're a little bit out of position, kind of like the Iowa game where, where CJ was uh, uh, making some plays on the outside. I think the same thing is going to be available to us here uh, against uh, uh, Alabama. Um, this guy right here. Uh, what's his name? Number two, Caleb. Where is he? Where is he? Um, Caleb Downs. Number two, he's a freshman. He is their leading tackler. He tends to go to the wide side of the field or the multiple receiver side of the field. And I think this is the guy, uh, kind of like Castro from Iowa, uh, that makes his defense tick. I, I think, uh, uh, this kid is a good ball player. He's uh, quick on his reads. Uh, he seems to be the quarterback in the uh, in the uh, secondary uh, with this team, and uh, he, he tends to um, make this defense go a little bit. A um, couple things here, real quick on this play. Here is Georgia going from a balanced uh, side. One two, one two. Basically, two receivers on both sides, Denny. What they're going to do here is they're going to motion from the balance to a three-by-one, which forces it now Alabama to change up their coverage a little bit. I think that this guy, number six, is wrong. I think he should have walked up a little bit more on the tight end for Georgia, uh, and he would have been there now. This is what concerns me a little bit about this uh, Alabama team. Watch this linebacker right here. He's going to step up and clap or do something to get these defensive linemen to what we call stem. They're moving the defensive line. This can be very, very bad for offensive linemen. Offensive linemen, uh, backs, uh, tight ends, they can move when when these guys stem. That's hard to keep your water and not move. And so watch Alabama, watch this linebacker right here. See how he moves them? Yeah. I mean, that is very, very aggressive right there. I mean, they're trying to get those guys off sides. And so now Alabama goes from what looks like an old Oki defense. Oki defense meaning head up on the nose, two on the uh, tackle, either inside or head up or outside, two linebackers and stand-ups, okay? Um, and so that's what they look like at the beginning. Now they shift into what is known as eagle. 
That is an eagle defense where you have an A-gap player on the one side, a B-gap player on the other side, a, a two-eye technique, a one, a three, a three technique, and you've got two fives out here with your linebackers uh, in, in their uh, position, okay? I think, I think that Alabama is keying that H-back with their linebackers. Not as much on this one because – the back is to the H-back. But when I seen the back away from the H-back, I think these linebackers are really keying hard on the uh, on the uh, tight ends and the H-backs. Um, back and tight end, the same uh, side, not so much uh, keying. But later on, you're going to see where these linebackers are hardcore keying on those H-backs. Uh, this kind of pattern could be uh, effective against this team. This kind of pattern, these kind of uh, um, formation and movements can get this team maybe out of position a little bit. And I think this could be a, a, a good um, good game plan. Short, quick uh, pass, passing uh, game, uh, getting the ball out of uh, uh, J.J.'s hands quick and, and get him in the space. Get okay, it to well, here we have. Get it to Colson Loveland. He can do a little bit of a Brock Bowers impersonation. Absolutely. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, him and Barner, both, both yeah. Barner. I, I'm right. not going to. I'm not going to take. Uh, I'm not going to have our tight ends take a backseat to anybody. I think our tight ends are just as good as anybody out there, and and they've been having a great year. So here is Georgia. Now they're going to go from a three receiver side, which is the strength over here, and they're going to move over to two by two. Now here's number two again, Denny. This is. This is the quarterback of their team. As soon as he sees the motion, he's notifying over here. And he's pointing to his wrist. I'm, I'm going to try to figure out that, uh, that state signal right there. But they're, they're, this guy and this guy right here, they're pointing to their wrist. So they're, they're on something. They've got some kind of uh, coverage going on. I would have thought it was kind of a palms coverage. And I think this guy is wrong because I think he would have let this guy – the uh, receiver go with the outside linebacker getting in that hook and curl, which then would have been taken up by number two. When the corner goes with them, it leaves this wide open over on the other side. Watch the, the receiver over here in motion. Now he's wide open. I mm. think, again, this is a breakdown in coverage by Alabama. Number one, that's Kool-Aid McKinstry. Yeah, he's a big boy, too. Good ball player. Yeah, he's going to be a first-round pick. So, um, but here, you know, this, this is uh, Georgia going from a three-by-one to a balanced, which now puts Alabama in a position where they've got to make a decision on what, uh, what their coverage is going to be. You can see that outside linebacker drop into that hook and curl. That's why I think they really wanted to go to Palms which is what Nick Saban is known for. Nick Saban is one of the first ones to come up with Palms coverage or that two-deep coverage. Tampa 2? That, that's more – I don't know if Tampa 2 is is uh, is as much a combo as the uh, Palms, okay. but um, I think we've seen it where we were very effective with it against Minnesota and against Ohio State. Remember um, uh Minnesota game where um, – um, who was it? Um, I think it was Johnson. Will Johnson 
uh, intercepted, uh, took it back for uh, six on the first play of the game. Yeah. And then against Ohio State, uh, when uh, McCord, I thought, made the right call and threw the ball on the ground, and, and uh, third base was a little bit upset with them. <laughs> um, but I think it was the right call because if he would have thrown it, I think uh, Wallace was out there for a pick six. Palm's coverage is a very effective coverage. And, you know, like I said, uh, it goes to Stoops, the Saban, those guys, uh, Belichick, that, that, that's where that all comes from in the uh, late 80s. Okay, here's what I'm talking about, Denny. Their eyes, when the back is away, these linebackers are keying the halfback. Now, why is that important? Well, later on, Georgia runs a reverse. The ball fumbles. Alabama gets the ball on the 10-yard line, kicks a field goal, and that's probably the play of the game. When you really look at that play, and hopefully we're going to get to it a little bit later, when you look at that play, it's wide open. Because what happens is this guy is so keyed on this H-back that as soon as the H-back comes across the motion, uh, comes across the line, he's downhill now. Once he's downhill, he can't, can't help out over here on anything, uh, any kind of reverse. So the next thing I'm going to say is we got to hit those quick passes. We got to hit those quick outs. The next thing we got to utilize our H-backs misdirection going one way and then coming back the other way for some kind of reverse or some kind of uh, um, uh, mis um, misdirection. But here's uh, Georgia. Instead of running to what I call the quick side, and the reason I call it the quick side, you got your tight end over here. You got your, both the tight ends over here. This is the strength of the offense over here. Usually when they bring the H back across, they're hitting the downhill kind of like we do on our inside uh, um, our inside zone. Here, he bounces out, which is a very effective way uh, uh, to utilize that H-back away from it. Okay, Denny, here's, uh, I think this is the touchdown. Yeah, this is the touchdown. Here is another one of my, um, I, uh, my, my perspectives as to how we can win this game. My opinion this gap right here, this B gap on what I call the quick side, meaning this is the strength. You have the strength over here, three receivers and the tight end. Yeah. Your strength is over here on the left. You got the field over here on the left. This is the gap that's going to be open. And this, these three right here do an outstanding job picking it up. Once they do, the safety's in a problem. But that's what I'm talking about, running to the quick side into that B gap. I think that's where we can um, we can exploit some stuff. And I'm not just talking about the running backs. I'm talking my next perspective, my next uh, uh, opinion. Our quarterback has got to be able to run the ball on quarterback design runs. We have to we have to be able to utilize JJ running the ball. There's no tomorrow. After this, there's no tomorrow. So hold nothing back. Go to the wall. Watch the uh, left, the right guard pick up the linebacker. The center and the backside guard combo right up. And, and this is another thing I've seen Alabama do. They're so fast. They're so quick that they get out of position. 
this defensive tackle, this he's in a two technique right here. And I, I the way I call it two technique, gosh darn it. Two technique. He's head up on the guard. You see that, Denny? Yeah. The left guard actually picks him up. That's what I'm saying. They're so quick. They're so moving that they tend to get out of gaps. They tend to get out of gaps. Here's the left guard. This is two gaps removed. That's not good for the defense. Once he he should have ricocheted off the center and bounced back off and made that play. But when he's going so far and the left guard can pick him up, you see how the left guard picks him up? Watch 73. You see him? That gives the uh, center the opportunity to get up and just get a body. He doesn't get a great block. He doesn't get a pancake-type block on the linebacker. He gets in his way. And that gives the running back an opportunity to get through. Again, Danny, here, here is um, here is the back and the H-back on the same side. I don't see these linebackers keying the H-back. But when the back is away, I see the opposite back backer keying the H-back. I'm going to keep watching it and see if that's a tendency. But um, that can be utilized. That, could, that can exploit some things. But that's what I'm talking about. I think we need to run to the quick side or the weak side, however you want to call it. To that B gap, I think that's going to be a problem for them, especially with multiple receivers to the opposite side. I can see Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards uh, squirting through that hole, just like that number two from Georgia. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Um. So, Denny, you know, Nick Saban is a defensive coach. The guy's a genius. I mean, it, it, take nothing away from him. He's one of the one of the best co uh, coaches in college football history. Here we see motion. Now, when when typically when you see a, a DB going with motion, you're typically thinking, man, right? That, that's man what, what most most quarterbacks are taught. You see this guy going, it's man. What's the disguise in in Alabama dropping back into zone? Watch how they do this. Now they're in zone. You see it? He's not going with here. He's here. He's got this outside. You got the hook to curl underneath, and you got the DBs back. So just this is the kind of stuff that we've got to be ready for. We've got to be ready to uh, address this, where they're disguising their coverages so, uh, so nicely. Another key, I think, to winning this game, Denny, like I said, hitting quick, short passes, but also check downs. Watch the running back uh, uh, get wide open. It's not going to be much. It might be four or five yards. But it's better than nothing, and it's going to bring those linebackers up that we can now hit crossing patterns behind them with uh, uh, Wilson and, uh, and Johnson. But we've got to hit those check down patterns to our running backs. Watch him come wide open here. Bang. Look at how much room he's got with these deep drops by the linebackers. You see that? Yeah. Get him the ball. Let our guy get in space and run. But there's nothing behind it. 
once you realize that this zone, I think the best thing is to draw, uh, um, check down to the back. Uh, to the back. He does the next best thing and throws it away. But uh, this is this is Alabama. There, th- th- this guy is uh, take nothing away from him. He is a great, great coach, and he knows defense as well as anybody. Here's an example, Denny. The running back is away from the H back. Look at this guy's eyes. Look at the linebacker's eyes. He is keying right now on this H-back. Watch what happens when he comes across. He's downhill right now. He's downhill. He's staying. He's staying on that side of the ball. And there's nowhere to go. Very, very similar to Iowa's defense. Very similar. Stayed where you're supposed to. Reading yep. those keys. Yep. Okay. Again, keys are bringing them to the ball. Denny, you remember I said number two typically goes to the wide side in the multiple side field? Here's number two right here now. Okay. For some reason... They didn't feel number six, um, Jalen Key. They didn't feel he was getting downhill fast enough on this uh, on this bunch uh, package and these outside runs. So they tended they moved number two, um, uh, Caleb Downs. They moved him over to the to the strong side, the multiple receiver side. Okay, you see this. Watch him come down and watch how this uh, this uh, defense flies around now. Still, so look at him come down. You see him coming down, Denny? Yeah, he's flying. He's flying down. <laughs> he is flying down. Now, could we hit a pass behind it? Possibly. Um, but this kid, this kid is a good ball player, and he's 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 downhill now on runs. I think they moved him to the uh, uh, multiple receiver side midway through the game because um, Georgia hit him for a few yards, anyways, on that play earlier. This is what I'm talking about, Denny. Look at this B gap. Look at this. You've got a five technique over here. Basically, what are all these numbers, Denny? What are all these numbers? Well, this is the way I was taught to count numbers on one side of the field or another. So when you look at the center and the quarterback, these guys are considered half players because they can play uh, to the strong side, or they can play to the uh, quick side. All but right. as you count them, they are half players. So one one half plus one half equals one. Here's number two. Okay? So there's your numbers. These halves and this one equals two. Georgia has numbers. Half, half and half is one, two, three. The numbers give you this hole right here. Does that make sense to you, Denny? Yes, it does. Yeah. So if he was thinking about going left, he's uh, audible and over to the right. I'm thinking that would be what I would be doing. Okay. I think we uh, Georgia's got numbers on the quick side here. Okay. Number Caleb, uh, number, uh, Caleb Downs, he's their leading tackler. Um Probably, like I said, plays multiple receiver side, but again, we saw him on the uh, wide side with um, 
with multiple receivers away from him. I think they made a uh, change during the game to bring him to the multiple receivers. But look at him come down. He's flying down. And these guys are well coached. Watch here. He gets his key, and what he feels, bang, he's back out. Boom. This is a flying around defense, and the defense that's fat, that's that fast, you've got to misdirection. Uh, you got to get some misdirection with them, and use their speed against them. Again, here's a linebacker. Now this time the back is two. The uh, tight end or, or the H, uh, but you got all kinds of strength over here. So I don't know why he's looking over here, but again, I think the numbers are right here. Look at the B gap. You got an inside uh, um, two I and an outside five. There's not a lot there protecting that B gap. Do you see are that? Am I going to run to it this time, Jerry? Because last time, uh, let's take a look, Denny. Let's see what <laughs> happened. Nope. They no, they're not. They were now. They're running into the teeth of the defense. That, uh, that's what I'm seeing. That Now, what they're going to do, what Georgia does, is they give you a little misdirection. So they're pulling their tackle and guard, trying to get their keys to come this way, to come to the uh, uh, quick side. But, but Alabama doesn't bite. They get back out there. So – That's that's something I picked up. I, I'm thinking that that's their key. They like reading that H back with those linebackers, so they're coming downhill. Um, must be patient. We're going to get three and four yards at a crack, and we got to be happy with that. Some uh, a lot of times, we've got to be patient with our run game. Uh, get those four yards. Stay with the run game, in my opinion. Um, and hopefully, those body shots are going to take uh, uh, become um, bombers later on in the game. But we've got to be patient with this kind of just four yard, just pound them. Just run right out. You know the old adage, Denny? You don't run away from speed, you run at it. And that's what we've got to do with this team. I don't think this team is as big as Iowa. And I think that gave us some problems. But we've got to be patient and just stay with our run game and take those four and five yard uh, gains. With them. All right. Oh, that's why it'll, it'll be good if Michigan can get a lead so they can dictate the, the way. And really all year long, they they haven't trailed where they've had to, you know, change up the playbook. If they can, you know, keep it close or if they have the lead, they can play their game. You know, that's Michigan football this year. That. You know, uh, we could we talk about it, the the best laid plans and everything, but you know that is uh, the idea. If you're Michigan, be able to get that early lead so you can run the football like you like, and you can play like you have all year long. Denny, we we have done an outstanding job playing to our strength versus our opponent's weaknesses all year long. You know, to come out and do what we did the, at, in in uh, Happy Valley against Penn. Um, you know, 32 rushes. We did what we needed to do to win the game. Uh, to do it against Ohio State the same way. We're, we're doing things 
in other words, what I'm trying to say is it seems like no matter what the defense wants to take away, we tend to have an answer with someone else. And, and that's what makes us a very dangerous team. We have weapons everywhere. Uh, Kojo, uh, um, Wilson, uh, two great tight ends, a quarterback, running backs that can run the ball, an offensive line that can push you around. That's what makes us very dangerous and makes teams uh, struggle against us. We can play to our strength, which is everywhere, against other teams' weaknesses. We've got to conflict these uh, uh, safeties. We have to put these safeties in a position where they're a little bit more conflicted. Watch, watch, uh, um, um, watch downs come downhill now, again, on the run play. Again, very similar to Iowa, just like um, Castro. That's, that's typically an 8, 10, maybe a bust touchdown this year. Against Iowa, against uh, Alabama with Georgia, it's a four-yard game. Uh, they're very good, very fast, uh, very sound. Very sound with their defense. Good tacklers. Very good tacklers. Very good tacklers. All right. Second time Georgia hit the, uh, this uh, this tight window. This is the kind of pattern I'm talking about right here. The ball's out before the receiver turns. These corners are locked on these uh, receivers. They're so locked on them that they're not looking at the quarterback. They're not. They're not prepared for these kind of quick passes. They're taking away the deep, the deep patterns. Uh, those types of patterns. They're having a hard time. This is the second time I think Georgia hit this uh, pattern, and it's very similar to what we did to Iowa. Balls out before the receiver even turns his head. And it's a nice, effective eight-yard play. These are the kind of things that are going to keep chains moving. That's what we have to do. We have to keep the chains moving. Balls out, receiver's uh, turned. We got to get to the uh, get the ball out of our hands quick before those corners can make a play. Again, there's Alabama stemming, and, that, and they want to do that. Um, putting the free safeties in conflict. Again, I like this, where we're sending the um, the H back one way and then coming back the other way on motion. Confuse them a little bit with that kind of stuff. Look at the uh, running back. He's open. He's open. He's one-on-one with the linebacker. Oh, wow. They hit that big one. They hit this big one. Yeah. Again, this team, you know, they 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 have been confused. There's no question about it. And they are looking, making sure those tight ends are covered. So that's a big play for uh, for Georgia right there. And okay. Michigan can flood a side of the field with a with a tight end that can run that corner down the seam and get that safety. Yep. Yep. And yep. run past him. They'll Absolutely. be trying that for sure. Absolutely. Uh, here's another. Uh, uh, this very Georgia is very similar to Michigan on offense with their system. Okay. Here's Georgia. Imagine Samaj Morgan on this one, or uh, Samaj Morgan on this one. This is our. Pl- this is the play we uh, we uh, beat. Uh, we had um, success with uh, Purdue against, and I think it was also Michigan State, wasn't it? Yes. If we give that jet sweep, there's nothing out there. 
You got a lot. You got a um uh, a tight end blocking on. That that's uh, those are good numbers. Those are good numbers right there. I, I like that play right there. And remember, this defensive end has got to step down. This defensive end is responsible for this C gap. He's got to step down. His key is right here on this tackle. When that tackle blocks down, he's got to step down. Just sound ba- uh, football. Once that happens, the the uh, sweep out there is wide open. I don't think we're going to make a lot of money um, running wide on this team. Maybe with our quarterback, yes. But I don't think we're going to make a living on it. Okay, Danny, this is what I'm talking about with the tight ends. They're so keyed on the tight ends. Watch this linebacker. He's keying the tight end. Once the tight end goes in, uh Goes across the formation. He's downhill now. The other linebacker's coming with the uh, back. They're out of position. This is a touchdown if this ball is handed off. Must win the turnover battle. You see it? I do see it. There's a real-time question for you, Jerry. That's a touchdown right there. Go ahead. Nearly every team got 20 points on Bama, so they have to have some repeated weaknesses. What do you think that weakness is? A few sleepy plays or what? Well, he's talked about that a little bit in here. As we I, you know, I, I think uh, taking advantage of their speed, um, running at them, and some misdirection like this play right here uh, is going to be the kind of stuff that's going to get them out of position. Uh, those quick patterns. Uh, to the corner, uh, to the wideouts. When those uh, corners are tight, man on those uh, wideouts. Those guys are man. Their their eyes are locked on those receivers. Those out patterns with the ball out before the receiver even turns have got to be effective. If we can do that, we're going to be okay. Uh, if we can hit underneath their uh, linebacker drops, I think we're going to have some success there. But uh, and this kind of stuff right here, this is a touchdown. Who's out here making this play? Look at those linebackers. Mm. This guy right here, I'm going to go back. Do I have it? Yep. His key is right here. So both linebacker keys are sending them over to the the, uh, boundary, to the boundary side of the field. Once the uh, uh, tight end comes across, there's nothing left. Look at that. Hmm. He gets that ball to him. I don't see anybody stopping that play right there. And I think that's a problem for Bama. Watch it. Watch it from behind. Watch these guys. Watch their eyes. Look at look at him. He's dead on the H. He's dead on the back. Okay? Almost cross-keying almost. Watch them fly to their position when they see their initial read. Boom. They're downhill now. They're not thinking about the other side. They're not even thinking about any kind of counter or anything like that. And there's nothing there. That's a touchdown uh, waiting to happen. I don't understand why they messed that up. The ball was right there, and, you know, it wasn't, like, too high. It's like he uh, wasn't expecting to, to take it almost, the wide receiver. I don't know. That's, that's what I saw. That's what I saw right there, Denny. 
Exactly. Okay. Um, what do we got here? Underneath the zone. Watch these linebackers drop. Look at that. You see the cross? Yeah. You see that shallow cross? They're not big plays. They're body blows. They're body blows. What do body blows do? They bring down the arms. Now those linebackers start, uh, they don't drop as far. Now behind the linebackers are open. Now those safeties got to start coming up. Now we start hitting, now we might be able to hit one behind them. But underneath the drops, I think that's a uh, that's an underbelly form. I think they got a problem with that. I'll take the eight nine yards anytime. Right, Denny? Uh, that'll win you the game. That's, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> route concept. This is almost like we used to. I used to call this a chief. Because I wanted my um, my inside guy to go deep and underneath it with my number two or number three. I would either go deep, deep, and underneath with three, or I'd go deep with uh, one and now number two underneath. But this is an effective pattern on Bama. They like they tend to give outside leverage, meaning they give some open uh, middle of the field uh, plays. You see that linebacker? He should he should be thinking hook the curl, but they're so afraid of that tight end that they're staying on him. He's not going to pass him off until he knows that uh, uh, safety is with them, and he's just a step late. That's all it was. It wasn't much, just a step, and the quarterback delivers the ball, and they're on the one yard line. Yeah. Uh, I, uh... Getting the linebacker on Colston Loveland or Barner sounds like a pretty good idea, too. And, and then running Wilson or, or Kojo underneath it? Yeah. I think it's very effective. I think it's a very effective pattern. See some of that. Okay. We need I, – I think a key to this game – is our quarterback has got to be able to run the ball. And I'm not talking about scrambles. I'm talking about design quarterback runs. Um, I, th I think J.J. Uh, uh, can hurt this team. Here's the thing, Denny. Everybody is playing – a lot of people are playing with one back now. Okay? So everybody's eyes are, are on the back. Nobody's keying the quarterback. That's what zone read is all about. Okay? You've got to make people account for this quarterback. Otherwise, it's five on seven. That's what it ends up being. Because if nobody's going to uh, um, honor the quarterback, all eyes are going to be on him. There's going to be one, at least one, unblocked man on that running back. You've got to make the defense honor the quarterback run. Look it out here. Look at this guy. He's not even worried about the quarterback. Look, Do you see that, Denny, right there? He's got his back to him. He's got his back to him. They're not even looking at the quarterback. Look at this space out here. He's coming down. He doesn't have the time. He doesn't have the speed to get out here and make this play. We have got look at that. Look at that field open. 
We JJ, have got JJ to be would have taken that in. JJ could have taken that into the end zone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our quarterback has got to be able to run the ball. And I'm not talking about uh, just scrambles. I'm talking about design runs, outside sweeps with the quarterback, uh, like we did at Penn State, um, reads like we've done in the past, uh, those types of things. We have to run the quarterback uh, in this game. And so, um, and I, I don't understand what George is doing here. They got four minutes to go, and they try to get the ball in here at the uh, half-yard line uh, two times. The quarterback never gets it. And finally, they put their big boy package in and run power, and they get it. Or wedge, they get it. See, here's another one. There's nobody honoring the quarterback. Who's honoring the quarterback? You, got, you need a foot. You need a foot. I don't know what Alabama, uh, what Georgia was thinking here. Um, but they went two times Ooh. and uh, didn't put this package in. Now they go to the big boy package and they score. Just like us. That's our. That's exactly the way we run it right there. Corum so, package. Yeah, Corum package. Yep, the big, the big fella package. Yep. And I think we need to do some of this out in the field. Make them defend this out on the field. Let's see what personnel they uh, personnel grouping they come up with out in the field. And now, by the way, I don't think their linebacker coach knows anything about that one because I never. I don't think I've ever seen uh, seven and uh, eight offensive linemen on the field until this year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I have. But Denny, that's all I've got with uh, with uh, Alabama um, against Georgia. For now, Jerry, I'm under. I'm, I'm ready to revise my score of 30 to 27. I'm ready to tack on another five. Uh, 35, 27, Michigan. Now watching that, I think Michigan can tune them up to thir- with 35 points. So uh, I liked it. I had a lot of fun watching that. And uh, that film, being able to watch it from the back, is uh, what do they call it, the All 22. A lot of fun. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's good. Great film. Uh, we're fortunate to get it and. Uh, um, you know, I think, uh, Alabama's, you know, they've got some weaknesses. I mean, when, when I, I think the star of their defense is a freshman. That's, that's, that's their star. Their freshman is their star. In my opinion, he's their leading tackler. Um, he's uh number two in, uh, uh, INTs. Uh, he's got two INTs this year. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, and I, I think he's, um, Gotten a couple uh, uh, f- uh, fumble recoveries and a forced fumble. So you know when you're when you're uh, when your leader might be a freshman, you know there there's some holes. There there's some definite holes. I like how Michigan, whether it's on offense, you think about the you know the different uh, you know what they can throw at you from you know Wilson to Loveland to Kojo. You already mentioned Barner in that mix. That's a lot they can do. And then they have some wild cards where you you do have. Uh, Samaj Morgan and Donovan Edwards, where you can do a lot of you know chess pieces and move those guys around. They want to get really wild, you know, the orgy package you come in. That's a lot. And then JJ, different than what we saw from Georgia, is JJ is a dual threat quarterback with this rest, nearly a month rest that he'll have. He should be the JJ McCarthy we saw flying around and making all those runs uh, when he looked like he, he uh, was one hundred percent. So. 
got to feel good about Michigan's chances in this game. Not going to be easy, but got to no. feel good about their chances and what they'll be able to to do on New Year's Day. Jerry, I don't know how it's going to work, but you know, if one time you're you know you're out there on the beach and you know you can uh, you know you we get some kind of call where you can see the 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 you know the mountains and the Rose Bowl and everything else, we'll see what we can do. Uh, Maybe we'll do uh, one of the uh, uh, shows from out there, Denny. How about oh, that? that'd be great. That'd be great. You out at the beach, the palm trees and everything else. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Well, you know, Mark's saying, he, you know, he wants to see, uh, he, he wants to see other teams, uh, you know, Alabama against some other teams uh, in the film. So whatever you bring, we'll, we'll be excited about it. That's uh, might have another surprise next week. Another surprise. That's what I like to see. All right, Jerry, take care. Thanks, Denny. Hail to the victors, baby. That's what we were waiting for. Maybe Jerry will tell you his seats next week there. Tyler, stay tuned.